This is Psychic Warfare. Welcome back, my friends, to Psychic Warfare, the podcast where spirituality and philosophy collide with heavy metal and rock and roll. I am your host, Chris Keelick, and thank you for joining me once again on another journey into the lives and minds of the most iconic musicians and today social media personalities in heavy music. Just as a reminder, if you enjoy the podcast and these conversations with the artists you love, it would mean the world if you subscribed and followed the podcast on your platform of choice. Also, you can follow me and the show at Pod on Twitter and at Psychic Warfare Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So if you get a chance, follow the show there for updates and happenings on all things Psychic Warfare. This week, we are mixing things up a little bit and featuring a different kind of guest on the show. He is the CEO of New Metal the subgenre's chosen champion and most ardent defender. He has not only undertaken the task of spreading the new metal gospel to countless new ears via his large social media following, but also archiving countless hours of footage of concerts, forgotten demos, and late 90s, early 2000s new metal art and pop culture. Whether it's the heavy-hitting classic bands you know and love, like Korn, Deftones, and Slipknot, or the latest up-and-comer inspired by this nostalgic golden age, he is there, tirelessly promoting and heralding the mainstream return of a subgenre that was single-handedly responsible for turning more people onto heavy music than any other. And on top of that, he is a new metal musician himself and one of the most talented writers I have ever seen in heavy music. He is Holiday Kirk, and he is here this week on Psychic Warfare. Holiday Kirk, welcome to the Psychic Warfare podcast, and thank you for being here today. And thank you for having me. My pleasure. This has been a long time coming and it is an honor to talk to you. And that's no bullshit. You are one of the most talented writers going in, in heavy music. I truly believe that. And I want to start off by asking you, you know, how are you feeling at this moment in time, mentally, physically and spiritually? Uh, eh, eh. Shaky. Not super great. You know, that's the thing about yeah. being a writer and trying to make it as a writer is like you kind of come out of the gate with the best intentions and even the best work ethic and then you get a few months in and you're like, oh, they don't pay people for this at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. You, you think because and people will tell you that and you're like, ah, we'll see about that. Yeah. And then two months go by. I'm different. Like, all right. We have seen about that. You were right. Yeah, exactly. I'm different. I'm the I'm the exception to the rule here. I'm going to I'm I'll show them. No, I'm I've been in that. I've been in your shoes, man. I'm sorry to hear that things aren't going the best. But I mean, I again, I no, 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 no. Hold on. I, I mean, I don't mean it to be like that necessarily. It's just like it's it's not a it's not a matter of like it's going good or it's going bad or i'm happy or i'm sad it's just a matter yeah. of like reflecting and um sort of sizing up where things stand i mean you you all i mean this always happens where you'll do xyz and you'll go oh i should have done that in this order or i should have done a different thing over here or something else over there and you course correct and you do what it takes but i guess it's different when you've decided to stake out on your own full time and you're like running out of money yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's 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 not I'm not like I guess I've been telling people that I'm not in the best place, but I don't really like thinking of it of it that way either. Mm. It's just more a matter of like, all right, let's size this up and maybe recalibrate a little bit. Yeah. Transition phases, transition mm -hmm. phase. I mean, I again, I found myself in that place. Well, very well. So I uh, I totally get where you're coming from. But I honest to God, again, I, the first thing I wanted to do before we even launched into like the main questions was shout out your new podcast, the new metal agenda, which you can find wherever you stream podcasts, guys. Uh, Holiday Kirk also has a Patreon and a Substack. 
So please definitely consider supporting those because he is truly doing the Lord's work each and every day, creating some of my personal favorite heavy music content on social media. I really feel the best is around the corner for you, man. Like you are me right too. there. You are and right you know what? there. Let me tell you what, too. I just want to be, a, I just want to be clear about this. Every dime sent my way gets pretty much reinvested straight into the agenda. So when I say support me on uh, Patreon and I'd go straight for Patreon, it is an investment. You are investing your money. Absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent. If you want the, some of the best content and heavy music on the internet, please contribute to his Patreon. It is absolutely worth it. You have been crushing it on the first few episodes of your podcast, man. And I remember I was listening today and I heard a comment you, that you said saying that new metal is the most sincere genre of heavy music. And it's so sincere to the point where people not nearly as well versed as, as you, I don't want to, I was going to say you or I, but I'm not going to, I will not, not put myself on your level, not even fucking close, but not nearly as well versed as you, including mainstream critics that they regard it almost as pastiche or parody that it's like, so it's so genuine and emotionally vulnerable. You know, they say, how could something that sounds so simple be one of the most emotionally vulnerable subgenres of heavy music? And as someone who has explored every corner of new metal, you know, what are the tenets of the genre that evoke and create such intense expressions of anger and pain to the point where people don't even often take it that seriously? You know, why do you think new metal in particular is such a potent channel for that kind of emotion as opposed to other subgenres? I think that you had some things percolating in the early 90s musically music wise and in terms of heavy guitar music that were moving towards uh that really naked vulnerable expression bands like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains but those bands had some poetic and ironic distance to their lyrics I mean Kurt Cobain was a very acidic acerbic sort of a uh, lyricist and Pearl Jam had their sort of like a uh, spiritual flights and Alice in Chains were just authentically at the end of it all and um yep. i think that offered them some remove from some of the more more unsavory parts of the songwriting whereas with new metal bands and new metal musicians these guys just weren't as talented as to mask their aches and pains and their strifes and their traumas behind mm. what most would consider to be good songwriting or good lyrics or poetic metaphor so they just express so they just said it so they just put it out there like when um like in the like in the chorus of um of daddy by corn he's just like he's just like you raped it hurt i felt dirty yeah. no one listened those are just the lyrics where i, I mean there was, there was a hundred songwriters before that that would have came along and they would have poetically abstracted that right. into all kinds of moving glimmers of right it's like what's the lyric and yeah. words yeah but whereas with jonathan davis i think it was more a matter of like i just need to say this and i don't care if it's if it comes out and it's yeah. weird so that's sort of the defining ethos of the music and i think that's what appeals to me so much is that it's just a, a matter of of really serious it's it's where expression meets i i don't want to say marketability because marketability is a tough one but it's like what if you, it's it, it i guess a good way of looking at it would be like what if you had the what if you did not have the ability to write a good lyric but you did have the ability to write a good hook i was it's funny you say that i was talking with again not a new metal band but you, you've, you've written about post grunge as well because the two eras kind of collide and kind of intermingle a little bit i was talking with adam gantier on the podcast about the song pain and i was like you feel like that it has kind of like the same power that a song like everybody hurts by rem does or the same it's like it's such a simple line but like universally truthful to the point where you know people always be like, be like that's it's like a it's a throwaway kind of song but it's really not because it's such a universal kind of truth that's just told in such a simple way yeah and i think three days grace is an interesting example of a band that was like hyper sincere to the point of almost suspicion where yeah 
their lyrics were so nakedly vulnerable that it became a sort of like it becomes something you kind of cock your head at and you're like, do they really mean that or is this just to sell a few records? And um, I think that in the case of the of most new metal that I listen to, it's not really a pose or a feint. These bands yeah. mean it and they mean it very, very sincerely. Yeah. And that, I mean, what is it? about someone's honest expression of pain in in this genre that makes one person view it as phony and another person see it as heartbreakingly honest and many times life-changing and i mean beyond because the words was, yeah because it's almost always almost always with all i have almost no counter examples to this it was it was pretty much always written to sell there, there wasn't much in the way of like an underground or new metal was a genre that was built to sell out it was it's i always call it the first post sellout era of music is, is the new metal era. Cause those bands were, you know, you had bands like Pearl Jam rejecting Ticketmaster and yeah. Nirvana cutting abrasive and difficult follow-ups. Whereas oh. bands like Korn were embarking on like coast to coast promo shows and uh, Lincoln Park were working hand in hand with Warner brothers as marketing department every step of the way, which I think is, I mean, that's kind of the, and that's the future that we've ended up with where they they were like hustling before hustling was something that bands had to do. Like Fred Durst was an A and R at um, Interscope. He he was an A and R at Interscope, and like that was, and he was doing that in an era where if you were the lead singer of a popular rock band, that was your job. You didn't do other things, but all those bands were hustling in such a way that the music kind of um, it doesn't get to be I, in the most popular cases, it doesn't get to be like something that belongs to you. It was something that was always being marketed towards the entire planet. Yeah. Interesting. You have to kind of speak in a sense. You can't kind of, you can't kind of pussyfoot around then, I guess, in that, in that kind of context. That's what and, I put it. And uh, new metal, do you think this? Because I think this new metal speaks to kind of this larger desire in us to kind of break free of all traditional boundaries that are set not just by society, but by ourselves with kind of within our own being, the way we hold our own selves back so much. You know, I look at a band like System of a Down, I mean, really big band, but I don't think that the way that they delivered their political and philosophical message would have translated as well if they were a thrash band or through the lens of a thrash band or through a doom band. I think it's only through kind of the breaking of conventional song norms to some degree in something like prison song where he's just kind of going off, you know, speaking, literally just speaking prison statistics and crime statistics and about the United States that the band is kind of seen as the, the most politically savvy and kind of one of the most authentic bands in metal. Do you, what do you think about that's that? That's a great, that's a good observation, actually. Um, you're, you're actually, you're, you're totally right about that because new metal was a vehicle that allowed people to express some thorny and difficult to understand ideas in very interesting ways, especially with a band like System of a Down, where a lot of their communicating of some of these higher ideas, especially on a song like Prison Song, were often done in a way that could feel very whimsical and silly. I mean, look how often those songs get memed or parodied or something yeah. like they're they're often considered funny, even though they're dealing with very serious topics. So it sort of allowed them to smuggle their their big message under the radar. Yeah, we even, we even hear the, uh, the the BYOB clip that's going around TikTok, like the the Darren, his his scream, the why do they always send the poor scream going around TikTok? Yeah. And you're right. When when it, I think the thing that really freaked people out about new metal and the reason new metal was sort of condemned to an early death was that it it really was a vision of heavy guitar music without boundaries something that answered the challenge set by rap and hip-hop music in kind whereas a lot of the other tenants other forms of rock music were shocked into a sort of nostalgia by the arrival of rap and hip-hop as a mainstream pop focus new metal greeted that challenge head-on and were like we can innovate in the same way 
And I, I do think that the thing that I always tell people is that the new metal wave had to come to an end. You know, 2004 is when I typically point toward mm. the the ship running aground and things sort of coming to a close. But it wasn't a lot. The genre wasn't allowed to become like the next thing. It was sort of quashed out of existence right there. And all yeah. of the bands that were most influential and most important to new metal kind of had to embark on this apology tour. They all had yeah, to like started to disavow to- it. Yeah. They all had to go to the Hague and and be <laughs> tried for their crimes against the Nuremberg music. Trials of New Metal. I can't wait for your. I know you're writing a book, but I can't wait for your second book. The Nuremberg. Oh, the trials Nuremberg new Trials. Metal. That'll be a that'll be such a fun <laughs> read. Um, and 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 but the, as a consequence of that, rock music became increasingly conservative, especially in terms of mainstream successful rock music, which became just incredibly like regressive and formulaic and bad <laughs> and that's and the thing is is that in my opinion that is why this was the last creatively fruitful uh heavy genre of rock music that could captivate the mainstream while innovating and it was just it was just uh destroyed in such a way that it was like you know it wasn't something that you be influenced by it's yeah. it's just it's and it's it's a real tragedy to me that that is how that genre had to play out whereas bands like the strokes or interpol uh or the shins who pulled liberally from very cool influences of the 60s and 70s that was considered the thing to take influence from even though they were just doing very well different styles of music that had already happened whereas new metal it's like new metal in all of its ugliness and its repulsiveness and it's occasionally often quite bad creations was new it was always about doing something that hadn't been done yet and that is the that's what i think reaches out and grabs a lot of kids that don't have any um any cultural memory from the years in which new metal was persona non grata yeah it's and cool to you know cool to us to a subset of people i mean a large subset of people i mean talking about like pulling influences from the 60s and stuff but i mean because i think that i mean and it's we're seeing it now so many people are starting to look back on that era with so much fondness and like bring that you know bring that kind of spirit back in newer bands and you you know you did a great interview on your the latest episode of your podcast correct me if i'm wrong was the the band was called cheem i believe yes yeah love cheem and you know you mentioned there were bands mentioned in one of the other episodes like dropout kings you know i think of i think of bands like tetrarch that are like directly pulling from like the the corn sound with kind of and still doing their own thing like I love uh, Code Orange's new new track, Out for Blood. It's like my one of my favorite metal tracks dropped in like the last five years because it brings back kind of like almost like a Power Man 5000, four on the floor, kind of just absolute rager. So we're starting to see a lot of that sound come back and it is starting to kind of be in vogue. I think to more people than we give credit to because the, the most vocal people that you see on the, that are just shitting all over it on comment sections on various outlets you know i don't think that that speaks for like a large the, the silent majority who think that that actually is cool like that that stuff is coming back and well what and i always cool. want to stress what i want to stress to people is that the sound is not coming back this the the bands that are doing it now are literally are, are just picking up where it left off there's right. so much gas left in the tank there's so yeah. many ideas left to be expressed like one of my favorite bands going right now is this band called chat pile and they basically answer the question of like, well, what if new metal didn't have to succeed commercially? And their songs go in these weird, wild directions that also hmm. pull from like Scott Walker and wow. the Jesus and Mary chain 
um, and and bands like that. They sent so they synthesized the cool influences with a fuck ton of corn and Slipknot, and they make music that I don't think I've ever really heard before. And that's because they could pick up where new metal left off and just keep it going. There's yeah, nothing cool. to like revive. There's just ideas left to be. That's assembled. cool as hell. I have to look that up. I've never heard of that band. I mean, I probably have seen them. You post about them, but I will definitely add that to my list. And yeah, you're right. I mean, like you just said, it was kind of cut off very quickly. And you did mention on your podcast, like the, the like you said, the apology to her, like, oh, we're not new metal. We were never new metal. But then you're like, yes, you fucking were. <laughs> I can't. I think have of the another, evidence. I can't. Let I can't the record of, show. I can't think of many other genres that were forced to do that. Maybe disco. I know disco mm. somewhat fell out of fashion for a while, but then disco's reputation was so thoroughly redeemed through like, I don't even. I don't know when exactly that would have happened, but I think pretty quickly it was like it was obvious that disco wasn't actually dead. Whereas with new metal, it's like I feel like I could point to almost as a date and time where it's like we're done. This is like it's over here, and it never had the kind of renaissance where people yeah. came around and appreciate it for what it is. That's sad. It's sad that a whole subgenre, artists in a whole subgenre, and by extension, the people that were inspired and, and really enjoyed that subgenre have, you kind of were made to feel ashamed of their authenticity or of their own emotion or the way they expressed it. And I think, like you said, that that's, tra it is, it's just tragic in the way that that played out. And I think in that, some ways it's yeah. tragic and in some ways it's very fitting. I think we all grow up and end up, uh, embarrassed by our most sincere selves. So it would make sense that new metal would become something to be embarrassed by at large, including by the people that were the best at it. So I think what's important to me though, is that we just give the most attention possible to bands doing it now, because the bands that are doing it now are doing it exceedingly well. And they're right. overturning all kinds of new ideas that you couldn't have imagined in 2001 or 1998. Absolutely. 100% agree. It is, it's just a blast. It's a lot of fun. And I think it, I think we're going to start to see even more of a groundswell. And because one of the main draws for me to the genre is that it's so goddamn fun. I mean, the groove, the bounce, I, whenever, whenever any new metal track comes on in the car, I just look at my wife and I just do this. With my hand, like it's the bounce, it's the motherfucking bounce, man. It just makes I you want to like love the bounce. I mean, love forgive the, the pun. It's the it's the jump the fuck up. It's the mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. I had to make the 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 cliche new metal pun. Love the you bounce. Know, yeah, it's it's a genre that lets you let your inhibitions fall away. I think more than any other, and its pop sensibility gives everyone permission to let go. You know, there are no exactly. boundaries or gatekeeping exactly. here. Good way of you know, it. any sex, any race, any religion, anything like no no boundaries or gatekeeping. It's just pure fun and no inhibitions. And I think sometimes, especially metal fans, us metal fans, that we just need to let go and see the music we love is just fun. There's no need to go any deeper than that a lot of the time. You know, do you think that if people really learn to kind of view, because we hold music as such an important part of our of our identity, do you think that if we really learn to kind of view this part of our identity as fun, that that allows people to kind of release a bit of weight and help them kind of view life through a different lens i mean have you has that happened to you kind of seeing like this is just fucking fun man I, and so you view life kind of a different way it is a fun it is a fun music it's definitely more of a fun music than in my experiences it's a, it's it can be about as fun as it is like oppressive and uh yeah. grim and heavy and brutal and sad i mean you, you think about a song like freak on a leash which is all yeah. like grim and weighty and stuff but then there's that big then it, there's like that funky beatboxing breakdown, which is there's like, the all, uh, boom, boom, yeah, boom. Yes, and yeah. then it's and then it's like go. And uh, all of those releases are just so direct and so pleasurable that you can't help but be enjoying yeah. yourself just listening to it. And um, 
what's interesting i mean what, what i find compelling about the genre is it's like and what i actually struggle explaining with people what i struggle to explain to people is like the joy that i find in listening to new metal and discovering more new metal is i can hear in my head the gap between what they were trying to do and what they did do and i think for me now as i enter the winter of my years i i'm more inspired by that gap in mm. where where um talent stops and inspiration continues like they their their abilities have taken them this far they want to get here but they can only really get here off their talents and all mm. of this space in between the two is filled with this weird funky never really before heard sound that isn't always good but it is always fascinating yeah yeah absolutely you kind of you're you're ahead of the curve on my on my next point here because new metal and post grunge slash butt rock to me uh was the soundtrack to most of the best memories i have had just being with my friends playing video games playing call of duty battlefield some shooter most often than not and serving as the kind of edgy cool aggression to go with the virtual battles that you know that we were waging and having you know it's this kind of when i look back on that time in the music that soundtracked it it's this kind of sweet cocktail of the nostalgia for simpler times mixed you know with less responsibility you know the innocence the the feeling that you're totally locked in the moment like there's nothing else that matters aside from this moment and the fun you're having in that moment and that empowering feeling or that kind of naive empowering feeling i should say because it wasn't really real of that like i'm a badass like i'm gonna kick your ass and like i'm edgy and cool and all that intertwined together which i assure you by the way to dear listeners i i was not and will never be a badass um let me just get that on the record here um but it's the latter you know that i wanted to ask you about because so often new metal does serve as the kind of de facto soundtrack to a lot of kind of for lack of a better phrase like i'm gonna kick the shit out of you or got military themes. It's the God smack usage in the Navy commercial. It's the trapped. Uh, it, and we're, we're, we're kind of blurring the line a little bit here, but it's the trapped headstrong, you know, for grainy 240p Call of Duty clips or disturbed or evanescence for countless AMVs, which I still have a deep, deep appreciation for. I know you do also. Um, there's the, there's countless other examples of this. And the first one that comes to my mind is something like flaws payback, where it's this kind of raw, like you fucked with me. So I'm going to fight you sensibility. I mean, do you think but that delivered that's... in a way that's, but delivered in a way that yeah. very much betrays the idea that like, actually I can't fight. At yeah, all, so exactly. Exactly. But do you, do you think that that's an essential part of new metal, something that will forever be kind of inextricably tied to it. And by extension to us, because if new metal captures, the most honest parts of us is the view of violence or badassery or domination or whatever you want to call it. Something we'll always see as cool and to be admired, or is it that new metal kind of made it a little more tongue in cheek? Or do you think it was like honest to the point where it's like, no, this does capture a part of us. So the reason that I think that violence and to uh, a somewhat, okay. So there are elements of violence. There's elements of misogyny. There's elements of homophobia and new metal. And well, I can't excuse any of those on the merits. What I can say though, is that new metal often comes off as so silly and ridiculous that it becomes like a safe place yeah. to explore those things. So mm -hmm. like, you know, you, you have bands writing about girls that hurt them and, or the the violence they want to take out on bullies but the expression is like so so ridiculous and so impossible to take seriously that i think it's i think that there's something healthy to be screaming your lungs out at some unnamed chick in a car to a song yeah. rather than acting on those feelings and i think that there's something healthy and worth worth considering there um as far as the i mean like so it's like you can't and, and i think that there's lines that get crossed 
like Limp Bizkit is a good example because Limp Bizkit, they have a, you know, they have a song called uh, Stuck. And the chorus is like, oh, you want to you want to play that game, bitch? And it's all, you know, about being mad at some girl. But it's so silly. Yeah. And like, you take a dash with my cash. It's ass that I'm flat. Yeah, it's, like, it's Fred it's, Durst, so. But then, but then yeah. a couple years go by and then they write a song called Eat You Alive. And that song's like very serious. Shout out to Fred, though. We love Fred, though. We do love Fred, but I don't love this song. He writes this song called Eat You Alive, and that song's like a very direct threat. There's a verse in there that's like, I can think what I want about you because I'm a man. You got that straight. And it's like, that's the line. Like, now we're over the line. We're into actionable threat territory, and this is creepy. It's overbearing. So it's like, there are lines, but for for the most part, I do find that when New Metal seeks out those forms of uh seeks out some unsavory exploitations into like violence and misogyny and it, it's it's like a gross little way of getting those feelings out of yourself yeah, right as for the as for the nostalgia aspect though i do i mean people will come around when i post things and they're like oh this takes me back or can we go back to these days or i remember this yeah. and i just try not to indulge that too much because i think that feeling is very destructive and to like feed into that sort of nostalgic impulse is like something you see a lot on twitter where people are like, oh, you remember these days, or like, remember what they took from you, bullshit yeah. like that. Yeah. I think that new metal always has been and should always be about tomorrow and like looking forward to the next thing and the next idea. Cause yeah. Yeah. it's just, a, it's a very non, non nostalgic genre of music. And I think it'd yeah. be, I think it would be disrespectful for me to try to mine it, to strip mine it for like nostalgia points. Yeah. I, and you've never been about that. Like anybody who reads your social medias like knows about that. And, I forgot to mention the last question. Please make the uh, the new metal nights, you know, like we have emo nights, you know, Working around the country. It. Please We're make that happen buddy. because like, the, man, oh man, if only I lived where you live in LA where everything's happening. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm close to Philly. I'm not quite in Philly, but if you ever come, if it ever comes to the East coast, like, please bring it to Philly because I will be there and it will be absolutely crazy because that's, I mean, that's the thing we were talking about in the last question. Like, yeah, emo has obviously the songs that everybody's going to scream their lungs out to. And it's super fun. And like, again nostalgic and but new metal has just as many if not more that people are going to absolutely just like lose their shit to and just like have a good time made been for just, that emo emo has been eaten alive by nostalgia yeah that's why i'm like so 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 militant and like anti-nostalgia that's why you were like whoa when, when the, the new new metal fest was just announced you're like oh man like this is we've cr- we've crossed a threshold here perhaps it's true it's true i was like i was like okay you know first of all Add to cart. Second of all, okay, hold on. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> it's just the way that it, just watching the emo corporate nostalgia machine come for so many bands and songs and music that I also love and use it to sell drinks and concert tickets and cruise ship fucking packages. It just makes me want to blow my brains out, man. It's yeah. so awful. And I just don't want them to do that. I, I don't want them to do that to new metal. They're going to try. You know, every morning I wake up and I'm like, it's going to happen. Soiled it. Soiled yeah, it's it. gonna happen any day now. I get the reference. I get the reference. Yeah, but I um just tr- trying to keep that uh dog at bay for as long as I can. Yeah. You you are absolutely. I mean, again, it literally is true. Like add to cart, but also like let's keep a healthy distance. Uh, I think you're right. I think it is the nostalgia is kind of you, you can only you can only ride that train so far without going it, it crossing a line. I think for me, it's just it is really just 
if I had to pick an element out of that, it's the like kind of lack of responsibility and just how simple things were in my own brain, just because I wasn't as fully developed as I am now. And that's just how it goes. Um, but, but the, but then, but I w- see the, the, but, okay. But, yeah. but in your, in your like non fully developed brain, the problems that you did have felt like they were the universe. Cause they were, that was your whole universe. Your whole universe was getting grounded or. Yeah. And I was lonely and that music did speak to me something. because I was lonely. Exactly. And that's, that's, I think that's what touches people the most about, a lot of the new metal and the new metal that they grew up with is because it's a reminder of a time in which those simple little problems were the whole fucking world. And you were like, this is the most devastating thing that's ever happened to any human being ever. And you're just like grounded for a a night. (laughs) And looking into the future, we're talking about metal is about looking forward. I mean, you can always use new or old new metal to, like you said, excise feelings of aggression in a healthy way. I mean, like that's what metal in general is, you know, people, you know, espouse about it. But I mean, this is kind of the apex of that where you, again, not only is it, not only is the music through its lyricism and the way it's constructed suited for this, but literally through its rhythm and and its desire to kind of make you move is a healthy way to kind of excise those feelings. So it's beautiful in the way that it can continue to kind of be a healthy outlet, whether you're 13 or 43 or 53. I mean, it's a, it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a, the apex of the healthy outlet that metal is to kind of excise feelings of aggressions in a healthy way and to use that to, to connect with people. And I wanted to ask, you know, new metal also has this wonderful quality because of its pop sensibility. Again, more than other subgenres of metal, it has these wonderful lines that are so quotable and memorable, but, but so thought provoking often in their simplicity. I mean, it's the simple, it's the slip, not I'm a world before I'm a man kind of line or system of downs life is a waterfall or one in the river and one again after the fall. I mean, what are, what are three of the most thought-provoking and memorable new metal songs and lines in them that you can think of that ones that really touch on something to you that's incredibly important to consider and think about? And I apologize, oh. I'm putting you on the spot here. Okay, it's very so um, fucking good question, and I can answer it too. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think hard though. Okay, so there's a song called "Real Life" by American Head Charge. Uh, that one's got a bunch of great lyrics. Your boys. The one that really sticks with me is this lyric in there that goes, the hammer has dropped, it's in flight. And and then describe my reaction in your eyes. But it's really the one about the hammer that gets me the most. Just the And if you listen to the song, it, it really feels a, a part and parcel of what's going on in the song where it just feels like things are falling. Not even necessarily apart, but it's almost like you're in a house and the house is completely together but it is falling toward the ground really fast. And that lyric always gets to me. Um, There's another one, uh, a band called, oh, dude, this is a good question. I don't want to fuck this up. (laughs) No, take your time, man. There's another one that's like, um, where we belong, it's darker than space. It's somewhere where we can't be found. And that is by Nothing Face off the song Ether. And that song's about the Iraq war. Yep. And that one's always got to me because it's just describing like the very pragmatic situation of it. And it's the chorus where it's like the only way that this America, American imperial machine will ever stop is if we're just, we just don't exist. Yeah. So RIP Matt Holt. Yes. RIP Matt Holt. That one's always haunted me. And another really good one is from a band called Simon Says. Uh, they have a song Blister. And the lyric is, you'll beg to be a part of it. You'll cry when you can't handle it. And it's just such an absolutely devastating gut gut-wrenching lyric because that band got signed for a ton of money and failed they flopped so hard both their albums were such huge flops you can't even stream them they're like nowhere so that lyric to me is like it's like an absolution it's like a cry it's like a wraith like cry just saying like don't don't try 
it's not I was, worth it. I was going to say it's a, I read your hundred greatest songs list and you guys should 200 greatest songs in new metal. Simon says is it's, I believe, I think it's in the top 10, right? I think you put, put different them in the song, top 10. a different song. Right. It's uh, the put song the in the top, in the top 10, 10. It's in the top 20. Top 20. That song's called Siphon. And I think it's like 15, 16, Dude, but you've, you've turned me on to so much. Well, it's older stuff, but stuff I'd never heard of. I mean, that's the joy of, if you follow him guys, again, Patreon support him. This is what he does. I, that was, I that's really the thing about new metal that's animated me every single day. Yeah. Is that like it's so easy to recommend people shit they've never heard and are gonna love? Because with new metal, it's like people's knowledge of new metal stops at like at most like 10 bands. Yeah. And there's hundreds of incredible bands out there. And you're just always like, Well, have you heard this? 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 And the answer is always no. No, like, oh, you gotta hear this. So with your own music, because you are a musician and you do make new metal. You know, what do you think the most spiritual, philosophical aspects of yourself are that you capture in your own writing? You know, how important is it to kind of have this spiritual practice of just creating, just to create? You know, what have you discovered about yourself and the world around you through both creating new metal and exploring the entire tapestry of it? What I've discovered about creating new metal through creating new metal is that I'm not very good at creating new metal. <laughs> no, no, no. Bullshit. I I don't know. I don't know. I haven't revisited that album too recently. And I've really put the whole personal music stuff on hold because I'm yeah. trying to get a rising tide to lift all boats. Yeah. Um, I'm in a I'm in a position now where I wanted I, everyone that forms a band wants someone to come along and be like, I believe in you, I believe in everything you're doing. I'm gonna help you get to the next phase of your career. And now that I'm in a place where I can do that for other bands, I kind of want to put all my shit on hold. Because there's just so few people like that in the universe, Amazing. and that's that's a that's as big a part. That's a, that's a huge part of my day to day life now. Is just trying to find those bands that need the boost and boost them. So whenever I get back to it, I guess I'll have to let you know. But I don't know. It was a really tough process to get that thing done, and uh, I did basic. I did like the majority of it all by myself, which I think contributes to why it doesn't hold up super well because the playing is often very sloppy and the singing's not so great, but I'm proud of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. fucking really proud of it. And people that, and if you're out there and you're still listening to it, just know that when I die, your, your name will flash through my brain uh, because I am so thankful, but yeah, it's um, it is important to have a spiritual outlet for creating something. I, I think that if there yeah. was anything, if there was anything that I could ask of your audience, it's that man, I don't even know if it's possible. Try to find a way to have a creative outlet that doesn't depend on the great content machine being fed by it. Yeah. But is that, I don't know. I mean, if you want to flip it, you know, if if you want to get away from kind of, because it's been a little bit your own music, I mean, what is, what do you, have a mission and I, I know, I know content is a big part of your mission, but you have a mission that goes beyond creating content. It's, it's a part of who you are and it's a drive. It, it makes you happy. I mean, if we're putting it in simplest terms, I mean, how important is that? How important has it been to kind of be altruistic to these artists that need help and to just be a good person and have that mission of, mm -hmm. and also have it be something that makes you happy and also have it be it's fucking kick-ass music. See, it's a challenge. You're, you're, you're onto something there. Cause it is a challenge because I'm at a point now where it's like, one it's like on the one foot on the one hand i want to be really good and really straightforward and really you know square with the with people everyone musicians non-musicians and on the other hand i've got to make money so it's hard yeah. not to feel like scum every time you're like subscribe to me on patreon check out my patreon hey you checked yeah. out the patreon check out the patreon yeah you feel like a dick 
Because you're just another one of those fucking people on the, on the whole internet that's always just like, buy my shit, buy my t-shirt, sign up, give me this, give me that. But you you have to do it. And so it's like, the the I can't answer your question yet because I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like I'm I'm trying to figure out how to become a business without becoming a another cog in the capitalist machine ruining people. And what goes beyond the this mission and the new metal and you know everything that most people know about you from your online persona that keeps you grounded and keeps you kind of in this process of figuring it out without kind of losing your mind and just kind of keeping yourself centered and like okay like I. I'm not drifting too far. Who the fuck said I was grounded? <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell told you that? You know what keeps me grounded? Not having any money. <laughs> Just the if sheer, I, if I had sheer like, need to survive. Yeah, if I had like a ton of money, I, you wouldn't be able to tell me shit. I'd be on this podcast right now like, yeah, I'm the shit. Everything's great. Fuck you. Fuck your listeners. No, it's like what <laughs> keeps me grounded is not having any money. You got to wake up every day and you got to think like, how do I keep all this stuff balanced? How do I keep myself within that though? Are there any strategies or anything that you're just like, okay, this is something I deliberately kind of work on or practice to kind of like, be like, okay. So I don't like, you know what I'm, I think, you know what I'm trying to say without me actually. Yeah. I mean, I have these really intense nightmares now semi-regularly where I like, I, I have this nightmare that I posted something to my Twitter account, something like inappropriate. And it like goes by and I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God, I, I have to delete those tweets. I have to delete those. Why would I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Because it's like knowing that you could like you you touch a button and 80,000 people Jesus, go, yeah. out to 80,000 people. It's a scary. It's it's a it is an intimidating feeling. So I don't know, dude, I don't know what keeps me grounded because I feel like I'm in the I'm in the fucking waterfall of content and I'm watching all this content and I'm trying to make my own content and um do you meditate? Do you eat. walk? Do you do you indulge? Do you like? Do you like? Do you just do you eat? <laughs> good, oh wow! What else do I do now? That is a good question. <laughs> that is a good question. I don't think I. I don't know. It's hard to. I don't really do anything else. I don't watch movies. I don't play video games. I don't read. I don't. It's been getting tough. I. I think in the beginning of this unemployment and self employment yeah. era, it was a little easier to relax. But now, as I'm watching the money run out, it's like okay. You know, it's like it's like you're sitting at the computer and you're like, if I sit at this computer long enough and, and press these keys and move this thing around, money will happen. Money you kind of end up in that lizard sense where you're like, I just have to keep pressing these buttons. I think what keeps me grounded is my you know what? I found a fucking answer for your question. So, OK, what keeps me grounded is that I extremely genuinely love this music. That's what it is. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not running like a gimmick account for like incel pickup lines. Like at my core, I deeply, deeply love and believe in all this music. So it keeps me grounded just enjoying the music and enjoying listening to the music and sharing the music yeah. with other people. Embrace what you love and share it with others. And that will, right. that helps so much. And with that being said, Kirk, that brings us to our final segments of the show. The first of which I like to call tomes of wisdom so in tomes of wisdom each guest recommends us three pieces of media that have inspired them philosophically and spiritually in the last year this can be books films games comics anything that has made you think about your own life or life in the world in a different way and i wouldn't expect it to be anything different than amazing new metal records but kirk what are three pieces of media that you've consumed that you would recommend for us to digest definitely check out the war of art by american head charge which is hell my yeah favorite i was waiting album. for it <laughs> well you fucking got it <laughs> uh i i'm cool with not surprising you no i, I love it i love it my favorite album it'll make you feel like a tiny ant 
in command of a gigantic tank. And I would encourage you to listen to it the next time you have to move something very heavy. I want you all to read the book Brave New World by Tommy Udo. This was published in, I believe, 2001. And this guy was so ahead of the curve. He got it all right when it was not in vogue to get it this right. And he passed away, I believe, two years ago. And the best thing you could do, in my opinion, Damn. at the moment to honor his memory is to read his book Brave New World because it's phenomenal. And uh, I'm very grateful towards him. And, oh, listen to Waste of Skin by Spike 1000 because oh. great album. Yeah, you turned me on to, you turned me on to that. Yes. Yeah. Love to hear it. Listen to that. It's really good. It's a brilliant record and it will make you happier and it's like 34 minutes long and not one second of it is bad. So, listen to that too. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I the the amount that the the records you've turned me on to has been just uh, awesome. Awesome to see and I I love that you do that for others. And finally, this is the segment I like to call The Chaser. So in The Chaser, we ask the same 10 rapid-fire questions for each guest, and we ask that they keep their answer to 30 seconds or less. Are you ready, Kirk? Let's go! Do you believe in fate or free will and why? I think I believe in free will because believing in fate doesn't really mean much. It's just a cop-out. So I believe in free will in terms of personal responsibility. What is a stronger force in the world, love or hate and why? Mm, hate. Hate is a stronger force because hate is intrinsic with fear. Fear will move people quicker than love. Who are the three most important spiritual and moral guides in your life and why? Uh, Ross Robinson, because he produced all of most of the Hell greatest yeah. new metal. Um, what a question. My dad, because he raised me right. And he's been helping. He's been bankrolling me. Shout out to Holiday time Dad. To time. And uh my mom. So my mom, my dad, and yes. Ross Robinson. I'm going with that. My mom, my dad, oh, and Ross it. Robinson. Love, love all that. three of you. Oh, Ross Robinson <laughs> yes, was my mom, your dad. No, this would be different. But no, but my mom too, because my mom is the strongest person I've ever known. And she's going through some of her own stuff. And I love her like crazy. So yes, my mom, my dad, and Ross. My mom, my dad, and Ross Robinson. Which lots is, of, lots of love quote. to. That yeah. is a quote. That is a quote. Yeah, mark it down. Mark it down. Um, lots of love to Ross Robinson, Holiday Kirk's dad, but especially Holiday Kirk's mom. Our thoughts are with you. I hope everything, hope everything is okay. Um, yeah, right. What What was the most spiritual place for you where you grew up, and why? And this doesn't have to be like literally spiritual. This can be like a place where you just felt like a sense of awe, where you're just like, man, this is something. God, man, that's a good question. Okay, uh, when I was living at my main childhood residence. In a suburb of Chicago, we had the there was like a dam that just uh, sort of controlled the flow of water through there, and it was it would rain and it would be like this huge, loud, raging tumult, and it would sometimes that would be dry for a week straight, and it would be more like a trickle. But I remember one summer we found out that we could jump off the thing and swim in it, which was mind blowing for us at the time. So I'm gonna go with that. What is the most delicious meal you've had in the last month, and where was it? Oh man, oh good one. I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to say the I had, I remember I had, I was like a fried chicken deal. It was at the White Elephant and Ooh. it was downstairs. Ooh. So it was right in my neighborhood here in downtown Los Angeles. Nice. Love it. When was the last time you felt lost? Probably pretty recently. Shit. Maybe like last night. Do you think the universe bends towards order or towards chaos and why? The universe bends towards order because if we have gotten good at nothing else, we've really gotten good at databasing a lot of things. So I would say that 
even when it all explodes into a trillion pieces, there'll be plenty of places you can read about what happened. What is the most important piece of your childhood that you've held on to and why? And this doesn't have to be a literal physical object. This can be like an emotional tenet of yourself. Mm, question. New metal. <laughs> New metal. That's what it is. It's 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 it was the incredible and um it, it, I mean I may remember the feeling that Lincoln Park's hybrid theory gave me as a child, which is that this is, I was just like, this is it. This is all the music I'll ever need for the rest of my life. It doesn't get any better than this. And I've held on to that feeling, that feeling of taking on an album that's so lame and so popular and so played out and just believing with all my heart and soul that this is as good as music can ever but be. But thus it was written upon the stars. Uh, what is one axiom or quote that centers you and calms you in dark times? I've I've bared down on the lyric from a violent reaction by American head charge that goes struggling only to keep myself alive. And it's 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 not a very comforting lyric, but it is it does speak to not just how I feel in terms of work ethic, but how I think a lot of new metal comes about, which is just perseverance. So I guess it's tough to explain how that would be comforting to me, but it, it it kind of is comforting to me all of the same where it's like, I'm going to just keep struggling to keep myself alive. And to everyone who has ever been touched by, you know, what you've put out on social media and touched by the music you've recommended them and perhaps a life you've changed or a trajectory you've changed through something you've recommended them that's resonated with them. What would you say to them? The best thing that you can ever do for anyone is to show them more new music. Cause it's the only thing humans have come up with so far that, just works and doesn't typically it, it's it's a it's it's the only like really sustainable form of art that we've got right now so just keep showing other people music spread that as far as you can because those are the happiest that's the happiest you'll make people if you can color their time with something as brilliant as music kirk you have just engaged in psychic warfare thank you so much for joining me today it truly means the world my pleasure thanks for having me Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to Psychic Warfare. If you like content like this for the rock and metal scene, it would mean a lot to me if you could hit subscribe or follow on your podcast platform of choice. Also, you can follow me at Risk with a K on Twitter, and you can follow the show at Pod on Twitter and Psychic Warfare Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you guys again for all the support, and I will see you in the next episode for another round of Psychic Warfare.